on the other side of this, it's freedom. It's an empire. The money's already out there. You just got to be willing to go out there and receive it in this way when you're starting a business, right? And then there's a million other divinely guided ways it's going to come to you. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. You're going to really enjoy today's episode. It's got a lot of good stuff that I think you guys can relate to. You're going to hear me coaching two of the women who are in our mastermind. They were nice enough to let us share this with you. And I think it is so valuable because it's true that very often what feels personal is really universal and we're all struggling with similar things. And we're going to get into some real tactical, juicy stuff today around building a business. And this is one of my favorite talks that we've done. So I can't wait to dive in. Also, if you want to apply for our 2023 mastermind, you can do that. Go to kathyheller.com slash mastermind. It's truly epic to see what happens when women are being given this level of coaching and how their subconscious programs start to change and they start to see what's really here and they start to allow themselves to make moves. And those moves all of a sudden start to feel so much easier than they ever did before. And lo and behold, people are buying the things that they're putting out there and they are attracting different clients and they are feeling the wind in their hair because they're free and they're on the other side of where wherever they were before, which was apologizing on some level or not really stepping into their their most bold, free, authentic self. And how that affects their businesses is something that's been incredible. And uh, you'll hear a little bit of, of it today because you're going to hear a clip from the one of the coaching calls in the mastermind. But our retreat at Hotel Bel Air last month was just incredible. We're going to be doing another retreat there for next year. I'm just so proud of what it is and what the vibe is like, what the results have been like for women and who really is attracted and drawn to this and the friendships that have been made. It's incredible. You can apply at kathyheller.com slash mastermind. And if you just want to get a little taste of some of the work that I do and you want to do a little two hour program or take a workshop, you can go to the link in my Instagram bio because there's some short and sweet workshops and goodies there at kathy.heller on Instagram. All right. So today we're sharing a clip of a recent call we had with two women in the mastermind, Diane and Daphne. Diane has been making and selling these delicious energy balls that she makes with healthy ingredients. They're yummy. They're vegan. They're gluten-free. And Daphne is a clinical herbalist and wellness coach. So they connected in this mastermind and they had a brainstorming session at the retreat in Bel Air and they decided to join forces. So we're going to talk about the advice I gave them on how they're going to grow their business and what their next steps are. I think you'll get a lot of good ideas from this and some tactical tips that you might want to take some notes. All right, let's take a listen. Hi guys. It's so good to see you. You too. You look like you're all fired up. I am, man. This whole thing that you guys That's did with best. us. 
So many wins. Okay, so Gibbs Goodies is going to be an apothecary of healthy treats. Mm. And I am partnering with Daphne, who is an herbologist. Whoa, that's so good. Yes, apothecary. That makes so much sense. So good. Lean all the way into what makes it unique. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you can have Daphne come up too, but we've been talking and yeah, we got together when we talked at the retreat, we were just talking about like somehow to collaborate and then she tried my balls and then we started talking about what she did. And so we are going to create some balls and Daphne, do you want to talk about some of the things that you've thought of and come up with? Sure. So when you were giving your pitch and it was like, what's your thing? And I thought, you know, it would be really amazing is to have apothecary balls because, you know, when I have clients, I really feel that it's bringing it all the way to the delivery. And I know I've been talking about my tea business and the membership and it was, it's so close and just wasn't hitting. And so it's, you know, in addition to having the tinctures and the teas to have these, you know, medicinal powders that add to balls, because for people who are just not feeling well enough to make their own food or don't have the time to make their own food, or they just have a newborn baby and they just need to have easy food. And, you know, people are asking me for certain formulas, like they want menopause balls, like that, you know, like that is something or immune balls or just things that they give their kids too, that they can pack in the lunch. So it just seems like such a great way to. It's amazing. It's incredible. Then I did my visualization this morning and I was like, I see the apothecary I've been wanting to do all this time, but I just was looking, I was thinking too small about it. Oh my God. So I sent some herbs up to a friend of mine has a restaurant in the Hudson Valley and they're going to just, they have like all the commercial grade stuff. So they're going to try to grind it up, see what kind of equipment I would need. And, and then I can figure out like formulations because obviously flavor is going to be an issue and formulating the the balls. And, you know, this has to be really like food level medicine. So it's not going to be risky as far as like people on medications or, you know, there's so many herbs that to choose from. And this would be sort of more like the adaptogen herbs or the support herbs. So I'm just so excited and we're both so excited, but I guess what we also were just hoping that you could help us figure this out a little bit. Like we're both still trying to build our businesses. You know, we're both trying to figure out what that means. I know I have to do my Instagram. And that's another question I have is like, I've been working so hard on my website for my personal practice, but I don't, so I'm, I haven't really been doing all of the social media stuff. And I'm like, maybe this is the push I need to do that. Like I've been collecting a million pictures, but like I haven't posted them or little right. videos of me in the woods or whatever. So maybe this is when I finally get on Instagram and actually do it. <laughs> Yeah. And besides I, all her yumminess, I've got pet friendly balls. <laughs> I just was sampling those this week. And the other cool place I went, got into, I got into a place that I thought I was going to get into their bakery. It's a home for folks with disabilities. I met with the dietitians and they're like, this is perfect for our residents. So we're going to do sampling with their residents. And that's where I just see that apothecary and getting the healthy things and actually people understanding the benefits of what the balls are really about. And it could be like a line. Like I was thinking, you know, just because now I'm actually doing it, you know, maybe we just start with a few different recipes and then I can share them. And, you know, it also could be something. So I think just sort of starting and just seeing how it goes But, you know, and then we have to get into like the logistics of like, what about the labeling and, you know, all that part, which that's why we're like 
if you guys have any thoughts on it. Oh yeah. I have a ton of thoughts on it, which is (laughs) sell the balls. You got to sell those balls now, right? All that stuff where you go from like, do you feel how much you just allowed in? You just allowed in, you allowed yourself to birth like this incredible, beautiful, it's designed. It's got everything it needs. It's unique. It puts all this beauty together with like the apothecary and, and all the overtones of that. But then also like her delicious, like it's it's just the most beautiful, beautiful light that you allowed in, right? And now you're going to like, so how do we figure out the labeling and then this? And it's like, okay, so remember, let's go back. Just let's use Jenny's story as an example, because she was there with us, right? And she was like, I sold it. Then I sold it. Then I sold it. Then I sold it. So she sold her way through the process. She was selling it over and over and over and over again. So before she figured out the label, before she figured out the FDA approved next step for what she's going to need in the process of pasteurizing this product, (laughs) she had sold it, sold it again. And what did Mark Cuban say? When the business started to go bust because COVID no longer could support them in stores, he said, tell people you're ready for retail now. And she's like, I'm not ready for retail. He's like, I don't care. You tell them you're ready now. Make the sale and then you're going to figure out how you're ready for retail. And because of that, they went from almost losing their business to $75 million in sales in less than two years because they said, we are ready now. We are not, we don't have it figured out, but we're ready to sell it right now. Everything is about selling first. It's always a pre-sale, right? You don't need much, right? Even the story of Little Kenner Toys, Little Kenner Toys, it's a great story, which is that when Star Wars was about to come out, all of a sudden, George Lucas was like, what if this movie is big? Like, what if it's a big deal? And what if we should have like toys and like products? And so he went to Mattel and he went to Hasbro and they were like, but you don't have the products. So we can't sell something that you don't even have a concept. You don't have a thing. There's no widget. There's nothing that's made. We'd have to first design them. Then we'll put them on the shelves. Then we'll test them. And he was like, no, you're wrong. I need this now. The movie's coming out. I need to be able to sell them. So what did they do? He was so brilliant. He went to Little Kenner Toys, which was the lowest on the totem pole. And he said to Little Kenner Toys, would you do this with me? And they're like, this is brilliant. We'll totally do this with you. And so for Christmas morning that year, The little boys and little girls waking up on Christmas, all they had under the Christmas tree that was wrapped was a little cardboard cutout that said, you just got, it was a pre-sale basically. And the parents bought all they could have was like a little cardboard cutout. It was like, you just got a Star Wars little toy, like a little, like, you know, like a figurine, figurine. Exactly. Thank you for the word. Star Wars figurine coming soon. Kids went ape shit for it. They were freaking out. So more parents bought and more parents bought and more parents bought all for this tiny little piece of cardboard that said figurine, Star Wars figurine coming soon. What happened? Kenner Toys dominated. They made millions of dollars. They had never made a sale like that. They then took that money and they made figurines, lunchboxes, pajamas, you name it. It became the biggest, most profitable license of a toy in history of toys. And it was a pre-sale. That's the shit right there. Okay. So stop because what you're doing is this is a, this is, I want you all to feel into what I'm about to say. This is a paradigm change. This is an actual paradigm change. 
you get really excited and then you go, but wait, 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 I need your help. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You have to help me now figure this out. And it's like, yeah, you've got to sell what you have right now. That's next. And what happens is we're so uncomfortable. We don't even realize that we're uncomfortable, but we're so uncomfortable with the idea of selling so that we go to like, oh, it'd be better if I just worked on figuring out. You're not ready to figure out the next step. You have enough right now. So then you go, but no, I don't. No, I don't have enough right now because I need all of this. It's like, no, you need conversation after conversation after conversation. The way that the way that we have seen, like Kendra Scott was walking into stores being like, here's a pair of earrings. Like, what do you think? And they're like, yeah, cool. I'll buy whatever. Jenny was walking in with a saran wrapped piece of vegan corned beef. There was no fanfare. She didn't have it. She went from deli to deli to deli. Then she was like, where else are there mouths to feed? Let me call Dodger Stadium. How smart was that? Let me call the commissary at the Fox studio. Let me call Disney commissary. And she went from studio to studio. Where are their mouths to feed? Where With a saran wrap, a saran wrap piece of corned beef. It was good. It worked. It's like, we'll take a hundred of those. And then she figured it out. My friend, Emily McDowell went with her friend to a, a trade show is what it's called. And she had one greeting card and her friend was like, it's so good. It's so good. Just put it, just put it in my stand. And she's like, I don't have a stand. Great. I'll put it on your table. So she puts it on the table and she tells the story on the podcast. And this woman comes along and says, we'll order 30,000 of those. And it was from Urban Outfitters. They wanted 30,000 of this one greeting card. And Emily was like, right on top of that, Rose. And then she was like, I don't know the first thing about making a greeting card. And then it was hysterical because she lived in this tiny little apartment in downtown LA and she ordered all the stuff to her house and she didn't realize how much energy it takes to put together the card inside the envelope with the sticker. Like, And so what happened is the boxes arrived, 30,000. There was no room. She couldn't get to the bathroom. She lived in a studio apartment. She was like, this is hilarious that I thought that I could just, just me and my friend, we'll just put these together. And so from there, right, she figured out the next thing, which is like, I need a storage facility, but I have the money in hand. I can hold the Nobody, no one, not Ralph Lauren, not Jenny, nobody, not Kendra Scott. Nobody was like, oh, so here's what I did. No, what the next thing is, you sell the shit out of this. That's your next step. So then you go, where are we going to sell it? So that's the question to have. So where are you guys thinking about selling and who are you talking to and start making those phone calls, right? Every time I would make a phone call to Ogilvy, that was my pre-sale. Then I would go write the song. Then I would go send the song. I didn't have albums of songs. That would be so stupid for me to pay a producer and spend $20,000 on an album, $30,000 on an album just to write songs. I don't even know if they want them. This is the way we all, I was like, no, first I need to, no, let's sell these apothecary balls because you sell with a story. You sell on a golf course. You sell in a conversation. You sell through conversation. You have everything you need right now. What you just said was a symphony. It was magic. Everybody here was like, I'm in. I want them. Let's go. So you need a sample of a ball per thing that you just talked about. If it's for dogs, if it's for the people who want to take home different, you just have a little sampling. It's like, here's the apothecary. This one makes you feel calm. That has magnesium in it. You take this one before bed. This one gives you all your, you know, you don't have to drink one of these. You have that, whatever your thing is and let's go. So where are you selling it? That's my question. Who are you selling it to? Who are we calling? Let's get some money made. I've actually been in 
stadiums here and concert venues. I've got some hotels that I've been talking to. Um, I also need to like start talking to some natural health stores, but also just even the bakeries because you've got the apothecary, of course, but you have just the balls itself. And then like Daphne, she works with her clients and doing the balls. And so we sell them to her people. And so we get into nutritionists, we get into functional medicine doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just trying to, I have a lot of bulk people in the food industry, like hotels and all of that. Those are my past connections, but I know that there's just more out there. So yeah. like McCormick place, I just talked to in Chicago, because all of the excitement is in there, because in those conversations, when someone's like, great, and, and your first conversation is, can we set up a time for you to sample these? That's it, right? And remember what we talked about at the retreat. Think about that difference. You know, we're generalizing, but it's a pretty strong point. Men don't do this. They just walk in and go, do you like it or not? Do you want it or not? Right? Let's move on. Let's move out of the codependency. This is business. This is not about you carrying their decision. This is not about you holding everything that people feel and think and have opinions about. This is just business. It's like, here, would you like to have a taste of this? Yes or no? Are you in or you're not? Deal or no deal? No, you're not. Great. Thank you so much. Yes, you are. Great. When can I be there? Awesome. Now here's the stuff. Do you like it or not? Yes or no? Here's what it costs. Great. Let's do a deal. That's it. It's clean. You're, you're, you're not hurt by it. This isn't personal. You're not affected. You're unattached. This is just, let's go wheels up. You got the whole world at your feet, right? Let's just see who's in and who's not. That's your next step. That's it. And then you're going to know, because you might have this big eye-opening realization after, if you do 20 calls a day, which is what I used to do, by the way, you know how easy it was for me to make 20 calls a day? Because if you guys remember my little story about working in commercial real estate, we had a counter on my phone. We actually had an old school phone and there was a counter on it. And I had to make 400 cold calls by the end of a week. Okay. This is what commercial real estate. So my job was to call real estate agents to see if real estate agents investors wanted to invest because it was a commercial property. It's not really like a, hi, would you like to sell your home? It was a little different. Points the same, right? I had to make 400 calls a week. Do you know how good that was for me? It was like, hello, here we go again. You know, like, let's get this done. And so 400 calls a week. When I started my own business, I was like, I can make 20 calls a day and like, see how that goes. And it was like 20 calls a day, like a hundred calls a week. I was soaring. I was like, this is insane. I'm like, I'm dominating this industry because I am not afraid to be uncomfortable and to call people. It was like all people, 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 people. So after you spend a few weeks making these calls, you will have a discovery. You'll be like, oh, you know what? We're actually crushing it in the pet industry. So it's all pet now. It's all pet all day long, right? You don't have any data right now because you don't have any customers. So most people make a mistake and they're like, I'm going to spend the next year designing a site. I'm going to design a social media plan. I'm going to hire somebody to build out a funnel. I'm going to make freebies. I'm going to make social media content. It's like Jenny didn't have an Instagram account until after she went on Shark Tank, right? So let's not worry about that right now. Let's just get some data. Let's get some sales. Let's talk to human beings. A lot of them, a lot of buyers, a lot of decision makers. Let's see what they want and let's just make money. 
Think of it this way. There are people right now sitting at a desk whose job it is to look for you, whose job it is to be a buyer and to buy things. So they have the checkbook ready. When I used to call and talk to people about writing music for TV shows or films, it was like music supervisors are given a budget. They're sitting there doing this job all day long. They're looking through their iTunes, listening to songs, talking to people, seeing who's going to write the song. For So I'm not doing something duplicitous. I'm not doing something wrong. They're looking for someone like me they, to fill this need, to solve this problem. And I'm raising my hand to solve the problem. So what I found after doing many, many of those calls is that people actually wanted me to write this kind of like happy, cheerful music. And I thought, well, you know, I'm an artist. Like I sing a lot of songs that are about heartbreak and all of this stuff, but it really served me well to write the songs with the hand claps and the ukuleles. I was at the right place at the right time. I could do that in a really genuine way because you guys have gotten to know me. I really do have a pretty positive outlook on life. And so they were like, this is it. Just do that. You become known for this. You become, they used to call me happy Keller right? Like you just write genuinely happy songs. And so what did I do? McDonald's, McDonald's again, Walmart, Target, Coca-Cola. And I was like, I'm happy to be known for that. You know, if that's going to pay my mortgage, it was fun. It's a blast to be called. Can you write the Christmas song for McDonald's? Like, yeah, I can do that. Right. So that's what I did. And my songwriter friends were like, it's not really a vibe because I mean, happy songs, like those are not the songs that people, and I, I, I felt that, you know, as an artist, it was like, you know, that sucks that I'm not taken seriously because I'm not Fiona Apple, you know, but it was okay because I was having a blast and I bought a house. I was like, yeah, you guys can go, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm fine. I'm enjoying my life. Right. I only knew that though, because I talked to a lot of people. So if I would have wasted my time trying to be something that I'm not and trying to be cool and artsy, they weren't buying that. I was getting ad after ad and I was having a blast and I was happy. I was happy with it. Right. Cause I wasn't trying to tour. I was trying to just be a mom and all that stuff. So what's that plan? What does that look like? And what's really in the way of that? If there's no plan, because we need to get those calls made and we need to make those appointments happen. So that's really what needs to happen between the two of you. It's one thing to like talk about it and say, we could call these people, but like it actually just has to get done. And when you're clean about it and it's not personal and it's not codependent, there's no shame. It's just business. It's fun. It's exciting. You're like, oh, I can't wait to call. I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see what these people are going to say. Already. I mean, I'm, I'm knocking on the doors with what I've got. I'm waiting. You know, we're just talking about this collaboration. She's over there. So I'm pushing what's out there, what I've got currently and knocking is on. And as you guys have going. that worked out between you that you're both making calls or it's just Diane making calls. How are you going to do it? I think we both do calls because okay. we're both, we're on two different sections of the country. And also, you know, like we have, because of our different professions, you know, you've got, she has all the food contact and really can do all that work, you know, and I can, I've got the herbal world I mean, there's even just like the local grocery stores and the health food stores. And I mean, holiday fairs would be great. And then just calling the bigger people too. Like I can commit to doing 20 calls a day. I think that's going to sort know of- how that'll change your life. Yeah. Honest to God. Because you- I really am so excited about these. I mean, even as someone who's been in the herbal world for, you know, decades, it's like, this is not there. Like this is something that is going to be such a great product to have out there. I mean, that's, I'm so excited just to bring it to the world. Yep. 
Okay. So your 20 calls are so easy right now because your call is, Hey, we're so excited. Remember enthusiasm is the most infectious state of being. So you just bring your enthusiasm. Hey, can I speak to so-and-so? Oh, he's not there. Oh, is Jonathan there? Like literally you do a tiny little slew thing. Okay. So I used to just Google the businesses and I'd be like Ogilvy broadcast producer. And then I would just call for the guy. Is Christopher Smith there? He's not. Is anyone else there in the broadcast department? I'm a music vendor. I don't know. I'd make stuff up. I mean, I am a music vendor. That's what I did. I wrote music, but like you just kind of play with it a little bit and you see what gets you to the person, but you can see who's the person in charge. Talk to that person, talk to the manager of Dean and DeLuca, talk to the owner of whatever store, just talk to people, reach out and call. And you got this enthusiasm. Like we're, I'm so excited. We have these things they are called apothecary balls. They're so cool. They kind of combined it. I want to know if this is something you'd be interested in just tasting. Where are you right now? Is it freezing? What are you doing for the holidays? What did you do for the holidays? So fun. So great. I'm excited. Can I ship these to you? Can I come over? Is it local? Is it far distance? You just get some samples out there and you're going to start checking it off. Okay. Not interested. Interested. If you get three out of 20 a day that say, sure, that's incredible. That's 15 samples you're sending a week out of 15 people a week. You know how many buyers you're going to wind up getting? You know how many things that you're going to wind up selling? And they're going to say, we like these. We'd like to try them like this. Great. Right. I used to think to myself, gosh, as uncomfortable as this is, when I was calling ad agencies and everybody else, I was like, on the other side of this could be six figures, which at the time was a lot of money. I was like, what if I could make six figures? What if I could do this? I could just, if I could sell three songs, if I could license three songs a year, I would be great because every song was like 75 grand. I was like, this would be amazing. And so I did. And on the other side of this, I speak to my peers now and they're like, oh, I don't want to launch. I'm like, why? What do you have against it? Just speak from top of the mountain, have fun, be non-attached. It's a blast. You should be launching all the time, rinsing and repeating. Your message gets clearer. People start to know who you are, what you're for, what you stand for, what you do, what problem you solve. It's a blast, right? This is all it is. This is all it is. So if you can get excited, they're going to get excited. There are products that are way less cool that they're buying. There are products that taste less good, that do less by by people who, and you can say we're women owned and led, and this is what we're here for. And we're having the best time with it. We'd love to get a sample to you. Great. Send me a sample. Then you follow up. Is John there? Hey, John, just following up. I know you have probably a thousand things on your plate. Did you get a chance to try that? What do you think? Is this something that you guys would like? Is this something that works for you? How could this work for you? What is your initiative for this quarter? What's your brand, you know, overarching goal right now? How can we be a part of that? How can we partner together? How can we collaborate? They're like, huh. So it's not a yes or no question. It's like, how can we collaborate? Is this something that works for you? What's your brand's initiative for this quarter? Oh, well, Actually, we're doing this. Oh, well, you know what? We can do it in that wrapping. Oh, we could do a pumpkin spice version of this, you know? Call freaking Starbucks, see what they say. Maybe they're going to showcase them. And then you might have people who want them exclusively. Now you have an issue. It's like, is that good or that bad? Well, we could do an exclusive Starbucks version or a pumpkin spice version. That could be exclusive to you guys. But then we could have other things that we do other places. I had that with my music. They'd be like, we want this song exclusively. And I'd have to kind of like judge, like, "Hmm, is that a good thing? I have, you have to judge it, you know, as you're going along. It's all in the conversations, right? Because how fun would it be if you had orders right now for $120,000 worth of balls? Well, then there's nothing to figure out because you know what the next step is. It's like, well, we have these orders. 
well, next thing we need is this. We need to find a factory located here or someone need to co-pack these. And we now need to find the packaging, but it's really going to be for these kinds. So we need to get this packaging made. We're going to call a designer. And we have the $20,000 to give her to design all the packaging. Like that's how it works. It's really not hard. It's that it's scary. That's the problem. And because we don't want to admit that we're scared, we just go into, I just don't know what to do. I guess I just have to figure this out and I can't figure it out. And meanwhile, men, they're not doing this. <laughs> they're just making calls, right? They're just making calls. Howard Schultz used to work for FedEx. He did cold calls. He worked for FedEx. He would walk in and, and have cold calls with people and be like, oh, do you want to be like a client? Do you want to sign on? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Like, you guys got this. Do you have any other thoughts or questions? Are you excited? I am so thrilled. I am just dancing all day long. I cannot even believe this. I, when we talked about it, I thought, oh my gosh, here it is. I've seen this like storefront that I was, of course, putting on hold. You just need to sell the balls, you know, like you say, but the storefront as well, you come in and you can get the balls and then you can go, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And you bring your dog in and you get the dog treat, you get the kids happy, you get mom happy, you get everything for the whole family. And then you got the aphrodisiac part of it. You've got, <laughs> there's going to be CBD balls, doobie balls. The balls are rolling. That's so I've smart. So many balls in the air. It's yeah. fantastic. It's awesome. And it's so smart. It's such a great business. I would be on the phone with Goop. I would be calling the buyer a Goop because you're two women doing something. I mean, there's just so many. And then of course you can sponsor events. You know, you can sponsor events where women are hanging out. You can call Jacqueline Johnson. We want to sponsor an event. We want to put little these these in everybody's bags because there's all these influencers there. Colleen, do you want to add anything to this really fun conversation? Oh, just that I'm so excited for you both and that enthusiasm alone, right? It really is the pure magic. And so just echoing what Kathy said, it's just watch not to get pulled back in to the slower moving logistics. That really, it, it's the certainty we want. Well, but then we won't look professional if we don't have this ready or package to send to them. And then that will screw us over. And this, you know what I mean? That's how the brain works. And Jenny said it herself. It was like cellophane, whatever, saran wraps, like unreal meat that she would take in there. It didn't have like fancy, you know, now she does. Now she's got a $75 million company. She can do that. But she didn't get there by having that. She got there by just having the courage to let it be messy, right? So it's not going to screw you over. It's actually what's going to help you. You know, I want to give you another example of this because I want you guys to really hear this because it's something that we we do, we, we panic about it. When I was creating this pilot with the Jim Henson company, I remember Lisa Henson, we were sitting in this meeting and we were working on this pilot and we had all the renderings of these puppets and we had this incredible script and we had music that I had written. Okay. And so I thought we're going to shoot this pilot. We're going to make all these puppets. We're going to turn the soundstage into the peaceful place, which was the name of the show, the peaceful place. So it would be like all these beautiful trees and this little creek. And they would do it really cute with these little puppets and around the brook. And she's like, oh, we're not doing that. And I was like, oh, why are we not doing that? And she was like, oh, because see, we're going to go to Disney, Nickelodeon and PBS. I'm like, right. So wouldn't we want to make the most professional, polished pilot? And she's like, no, we wouldn't want to do that because we want them to buy it. Right. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, right. So what we want to do is we want to just show them something that's like a messy little taste. And I'm like, hmm? I don't get that. And she's like, yeah. Cause if we make 
something amazing. We, we put energy into it. We get puppets, we, we could, but it's just a pilot, right? So we're not going to put millions into it, but let's say we put like 50 grand in and we get a few puppets. Is it going to be our best? You think it's going to be the most amazing thing we could ever make? I was like, oh, she's like, no, it won't be. And then what we're going to do is we're going to send them something that looks as though this is our best. And it's not, it's not even close to our best. So instead, we're going to make it look very much like here is a messy little sizzle. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's a sizzle. That's all you get. And so what we shot was me in front of a green screen. And the green screen was very green screen looking. Like it looked like a green screen with different images. And I sang. And then they showed these little renderings, like an animatic of these little puppets. And they put it together. There was a little video they could watch. And then there was a little folder with some pages of scribbles and doodles. And we walked in and Lisa was like, here's the peaceful place. And she said, and that's how we sold Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock and everything else. Because you don't do that. Because when you're actually cool, when you're really legit, you wouldn't dare be like, we got all the packaging. Look, look how great it is. And it's like, that doesn't hold a candle to everything on my shelf. How dare you think that you're going to lower your value, right? And be like, but we invested. Look at our websites. Like your website is not, you're going to run circles around that website once you've got money in the bank, once you're actually a thing. So most deals that are done, whether it's this giant kind of a deal or if it's small, same thing with my book, right? What happened? We were moving from McMillan to Simon & Schuster. And I said to my Agent, okay, what are we going to do? He's like, you're going to send them a sample, like an outline. You're going to send them like three pages written. You're not going to send them a book because you send them a book. You're like, this is me. This is my best work. Do you love it? Like, no, I don't love it. That's your whole book. Not interested. Get it? But here's a sample, which is a little bit of what I can do. Obviously, it's going to be way more elaborate than this. Oh, I'm interested. I want to buy that. So when people walk in, when Ralph Lauren walked into Bloomingdale's, he walked in with two neckties and he was like, I have a whole bunch of things for you, but what do you think of this? When Bobby Brown walked into Bergdorf, she came in with eight lipstick colors, nothing else. She's like, I've got, I've got blush. I've got this. I just wanted to see the lipstick. What do you think of that? She had nothing else. She had eight lipstick colors. They were like, well, we'll start with this. Let's do eight lipsticks. We'll do this. Great. Got it. Done. Stop it. You're going the wrong way. Don't figure it out. You're not ready to figure it out. You don't have the budget. You don't have the designer. You don't have, because you're not supposed to, right? You're supposed to go from here to jump to this lily pad, jump to this lily pad. And now you're like, now I'm going to show you what's up, right? But it's all samples. Like if you go and you go into downtown LA to the fashion mart and you look at what people are buying, whether it's they're buying from mother jeans and mother denim, or it's like a sample right? It's not like, here's our whole line with all of our bells and whistles. Hell no, they're not that stupid, right? So you want to do the same thing and you don't want to have it all figured out right now because you're not even close to what it's going to be. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when I used to send music to people, I would send and be like, this is a work tape. It's a work tape. It's just a work tape, right? It's a work tape. It's 30 seconds. It's just the verse and just the first chorus. And then I get the feedback. Great. I'm glad that was a work tape because we don't like the layered harmonies there and we need it faster. Like, great. See, it wasn't my song. My God, I'm not, that's not my song. Now I'll send you my song, right? Now here's the song. Now here's the radio edit because I know you want to buy it. And we had three conversations and I just got all your notes 
And now you can have the song. So songwriters would be like, I made a whole record and I sent it out. I'm like, you sent out a whole record. You look like an idiot. Cause now not only did you send one finished song, you sent them 10 finished songs and they got a first impression and said, this is called mediocre. I'm not interested. Right. So you don't send 10 songs and you don't send a full song either because they go, this is mediocre, but you just showed me this is the best you can do. Not interested. But if you send something messy, it's a work tape. It's a process. We're in it. We're collaborating. We're getting in it. It's not even close to what I'm going to do at the end of this, right? Same thing, Mickey Mouse, right? We interviewed this guy, Jeff Malberg, who just created this movie for Disney that came out last week about Mickey Mouse. And if you look at Walt and the story that's like legendary of how he like, you know, had to raise all this money and he just sold this little sketch of this little guy. And he was like, this little guy... This little guy is going to be it. This little guy, you know, and this big, big ball of enthusiasm and this little sketch, this little doodle, it built, you know, an empire, right? Built an empire. That's how he built Disneyland. They need to see your enthusiasm. They need to see your vision and they need a taste. They just need a taste and then you're going to sell it. So there is nothing to figure out except for having that conversation. And it's a work of art. So you want to have those conversations and you want 20 a day because you're going to anticipate you're not going to have your most smooth conversations the first 11 times. You're going to get nervous. You're going to be like, oh, what am I actually saying? Oh, why did I say that? I wanted to say it this way. What? But by call number 46, you're going to be like in the pocket. You got that, right? Tell the story. What does Seth Godin say to me? He goes, you got to tell mediocre stories so much that you wind up telling brilliant stories. You got to keep telling that story. Tell it over and over and over and over and over again. This is what it takes, you guys. But on the other side of this, it's freedom. It's an empire. The money's already out there. You just got to be willing to go out there and receive it in this way when you're starting a business, right? And then there's a million other divinely guided ways it's going to come to you. But this is one of the really cool ways because you can you can exchange it for this courage, enthusiasm, and vision. That's it. There's nothing else to figure out. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, I hope that you were able to extract a few nuggets from that that apply to your own business. A big thank you to Diane and Daphne for letting us share this with all of you. These women are so incredible. I can't wait to see where all of this leads. You can follow Diane on Instagram at Diane E. Gibbs and her podcast account is at 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking, which is something really cool that she's also been doing. And you can follow Daphne on Instagram at Alchemilla Center. That's A-L-C-H-E-M-I-L-L-A Center. Okay. Now I want to share a conversation I had with Mark Schiff, who is a very good friend of ours. He's also been the longtime touring partner of Jerry Seinfeld. And he happens to also co-host the podcast that my husband and him do, which is called You Don't Know Schiff. Mark has a book that recently came out called Why Not? Lessons on Comedy, Courage, and Chutzpah. And it follows his decades of foolery with comedy and acting legends and how he honed his skills of becoming a really good person in all areas of life. It's hysterical and honest and brilliant. So you can go get yourself a copy and make sure that you listen to Mark and Lowell's podcast. They've interviewed amazing folks like Kevin Nealon, Paul Reiser, and Jerry Seinfeld will soon be on their show as well. Mark is not only a master of comedy, but he's one of the biggest hearts I know. And it's such a pleasure to know him and call him a friend. Without further ado, here is my conversation with the hilarious Mark Schiff. So you um, have this book coming out in like a week, right? Yeah, I have a book coming out this November 8th. It's called Why Not? And these two words 
can change your life. Why not? When people ask you like to do something you've never done, you go, yeah, why not? I'll give it a shot. And that's how this book came about. I, I got a phone call from uh, the Jewish Journal years ago. The guy asked me to write an article. I said, why not? So I wrote the article. And then he asked for some more. I said, why not? And before you know it, I had like 40 articles in the Jewish Journal. Then COVID hit. And my work as a stand-up was completely decimated. There was no, no work. And I thought, I'm, I want to be creative. I'm not just going to eat and watch television. And I said, why not write a book? So I wrote this book. Never wrote a book before on my own. And then I knew this agent in New York. Somebody introduced me. And I said, would you like to read this thing? I think I might have written a book. And I swear to God, he goes, why not? <laughs> so I sent him the book. And then he says, you know, I really like it. And I, I think I can put it together. He mentored me. I never did. You know, and he said, I'll help you put this together. Would you like me to do that? I said, why not? <laughs> we work on it for six months. He says, I think it's ready to be sent out. Is that okay? I said, why not? Sends it out to 50 different publishers. The first 37, one rejection after another. And my family keeps telling me, don't worry, all you need is one. Just one. And they keep rolling in rejections, but nice rejections. We like the work, but he's not this and that. So finally, the agent calls me, he says, publishers, they're interested. Would you like to have a Zoom meeting? Wow. Why not? So I have this Zoom meeting with them. We hit it off. They asked me big questions like, why is this book important? What does it mean to people? Why did you write it? I do the best I can. And then I get a phone call from him, the agent. He goes, they want to make a deal. What do you want to do? Why not? So we made a deal, and uh, they worked with it, helped me put this together. I've never done anything like it. They're a brilliant publishing company. And that's Why your, Not is here. And that's your bar mitzvah. And thank you. Jerry Steinfeld did the forward. We have, uh, let me just show uh, Bill Moore on the back. We have Kevin Neely, John, Jonathan Kellerman, you know, the great mystery writer, read the book, gave me a great blurb. He loved the book. And uh, people are really digging it. And uh, I can't believe it myself that I actually accomplished this simply by saying, why not? So if you have a dream, why not follow it, right? So just one of my favorite things. I mean, there's so many things I love about you because you're just um, one of the sweetest people in the world. You hear that? But one of my favorite things is when you tell stories of the last, like I just read this in the beginning of this book. It talks about your 50-year career as a stand-up comic. That's insane. But sometimes you tell stories about Rodney Dangerfield. You tell stories about what it was like when Jerry Seinfeld was making like $8 an hour and like you guys would just go hang out and like eat a burger. And in this book, not only do you talk about so many aspects of your life, but you tell a lot of these stories. Right. And I thought maybe you, because people love hearing those stories. I'll tell one story. Tell me a little bit about that. I didn't expect that, but yeah. So the book is not only stories about famous people, but by the way, what I'm most proud of in the book is nobody gets hurt. There's no gossip and trash. I don't trash anybody. Nobody is going to feel bad about that. that was, when I wrote this, that was my goal, that nobody's going to get hurt, you know, with this book. So one of the stories has to do with Jerry, who I travel with all the time. And uh, when we travel together, we always take a walk in the afternoons, we, we, no matter where we are. Two weeks ago, we were in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, Kentucky. We were in Kentucky and Tennessee the next day. And we take walks wherever we are. So one day, years ago, 15, 20 years ago, we're in Indianapolis walking around. And he sees a car place, you know, and they have muscle cars from the 60s and 70s. 
And he's a big car guy. You know, you've seen comedians. So he goes, let's stop in and take a look. So we, the owner sees him, sees his Seinfeld, starts talking to him. I'm looking around, falling in love with these cars. I can't believe what I'm looking at. I just love them. Jerry comes over to me and says, listen, pick out anything you want. I'll buy you whatever you want. So I said, really? He goes, anything you want. And he goes back and talks to the guy. I sit in this car, that car, and I finally sat in this 65 GTO convertible. It was unbelievable. I was born to have this car. I just imagine myself driving back from Indianapolis with just beautiful girls chasing me, wanting to jump in there with me. So um, I look at the car. I go, this is it. This is the car for me. So I go over to Jerry. He goes, so, so what do you want to do? I said, you know, that's the most beautiful car I've ever seen. It's perfect for me. I can't take it. And he goes, okay, let's get lunch. Never ask me why I don't want to take the car. And what it was, was at that point in my life, my self-esteem was so low, I couldn't accept the gift of this magnitude from somebody. It was too much for me. So I called a friend of mine, and when I got back to the hotel, and he goes, listen, next time somebody offers you a gift, you take it. Not just for yourself, because it will make them feel good. They want to give you something in life. You took away something from Jerry, you would have made him happy. He says, next time Jerry offers you a car, take it. I said, what are you, out of your mind next time? Nobody offers a car twice. Once is crazy. Twice? Seven years ago, I'm driving with Jerry on the 405. He has this incredible Mercedes 300D turbo diesel car. He looks at me. He goes, I know you like this car. I said, I do. He goes, you want to buy it? I'll give you a good deal. I said, I can't afford it. He puts the blinker on, changes the lanes, looks at me. He goes, I'll give it to you. I said, really? He goes, I'll give it to you. Now my self-esteem is a lot higher. I look at him, I go, I'll take it. He goes, great, but there's one thing. The radio's not working well. Do you want me to fix it, then give it to you? Or do you want to take it like this? I said, fix it. My self-esteem is unbelievable. He said, fix it, I don't want to take it like this. You're to jump it. Two weeks later, I got the car and I drove it here tonight. So there it is. So say yes to life when it comes your way. Right, Kathy? This book Why is, not? This book is also super heartfelt. Like you talk about God shots yep. in this book. You talk yep. about kindness in this book. You talk about patience in this book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were hoping people would take away? Maybe one of those stories and why why you're always writing those kinds of deeper things. What are you hoping that people will walk away with with that stuff? You know, I hope you I hope you're entertained by the book. That's really what's most important to me. I hope you read it and you smile and you laugh a little and you cry a little. And it's all there. What does that mean, a God shot? You talk about it. A God shot is when something happens. Yeah, I'll give you an example of what a God shot was. Is Dave still here? Martel? Yeah. Okay, so one time I'm with Dave. We were together some, at some convention. This was on a, a Friday that the convention started. And this person says to me, listen, we want you to talk at this event tomorrow you know, for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I want you to give a little talk. And then he says to me, you can drive there. So I said, what, what, what do you mean I can drive there? He goes, you can drive there. So he had no idea that I don't like driving on Shabbos. He didn't know I, I was a Jew. He had no idea at all. And out of his mouth comes, you can drive there. I said, what made you say that? He goes, I have no idea. I've, I said, have you ever said that to anybody you've asked to speak somewhere, you can drive there? He goes, no, this is the first time. That's a God shot. When somebody says something, they don't even know why they said it, 
and it makes total relevance to your life. You just got to be able to see those things when they happen. Another huge thing for you is your health, and you have become vegan over so many years. Yeah. You've been sober this for so many neck, years. This is a vegan neck, not a turkey neck. <laughs> but it's a vegan neck. Do you want to... Do you want to talk for a second about that? And what was it that finally got you to take your health super seriously? Yeah, I was, uh, well, I was sick even as a child. I had high blood pressure. Uh, as a child, at 18, I wanted to begin in the Army, and then I flunked the physical. The guy told me at 18, the doctor at the Army in Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn, he said, this is what I want you to do. When you leave here now, go straight to a hospital and check in. That's what he said. He said, don't oh pass, go. Don't go anywhere. Go to a hospital right now. Because your blood pressure? My blood pressure was so high. I, the machine almost exploded. So I was 18. I, I didn't go. So And then I went to see this doctor, and uh, he scared the hell out of me. And I didn't do anything about my health. My cholesterol was high, and, and luckily I'm, I'm alive today. So one day, I'm walking in the street. This is like 12, 14 years ago. And I bend down to get something, I can't really get up. I'm so freaking stiff, and I'm not an old man. And I'm about to go on stage one day, and Dom Herrera, a comedian, whispers in my ear as I'm about to be introduced. He goes, you're so fat. And that woke me up. And then Seinfeld said to me, we saw a guy with a walker. He goes, you don't have to be that guy if you take care of yourself. So I lost 50 pounds. It took me about a year, and I've been able to keep it off. And you became a vegan. And I became a vegan, which is not necessary. I I became a vegetarian when I met my wife because... <laughs> right now. Um, one meal she made, I said, uh, I'm still eating vegetables, so I can't go on not with this. Not true at all. No, she's wonderful. She's there. And she takes a beating by my act, but she's fine as long as I get paid at the end of the night. <laughs> so it's all there in the book. I don't want to go on with it, but... Um, the book is Why Not? Lessons on Comedy, Courage, and Chutzpah. Whether you're Jewish or not, you're going to get something out of it. Before we go, I want to talk about your podcast. You guys have interviewed Paul Reiser, George Wallace, Susie Essman, Kevin Nealon. You guys have done so many good shows. Yeah, we have um, Seinfeld coming up. We've got Apatow coming up. We have, this, so we have Susie Essman, who was incredible. Yep, and it's because people want to hang out with you, Mark. They really do. Um, Thank you. You're very kind. And the two of you together just make such like a beautiful, you know what it is? It's not cynical. Your show is just like lovely and it's like, it's nice to have something like that. So you guys would really, really like it. And what's also cool is that he's been friends with these people for so long. So the stories they tell, like you and Paul Reiser, I never see Paul Reiser like that because you get to see him like as like, like with his, one of his closest friends, it's adorable. So I really appreciate that. And I want everybody to subscribe to the show because it's free to subscribe. So you yes. can look it up on any platform you will listen to podcasts you don't know shift so just leave leave them a review please and i want to say one other thing Lowell is my co-host without him i cannot do the show That's he true. is so great so talented Oh, well, that was so much fun. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, lean all the way into what makes your thing unique. Number two, everything is about selling first. Sell your way through the process, make the sale, and then you'll figure out the how. Number three, move out of the codependency. This is not about you carrying someone else's decision. This is just business. This just isn't personal. You're not affected. You're not, you're unattached. So let's go. Wheels up. You got the whole world at your feet. Just see who's in and who's out. That's your next step. Number four, most people spend their whole year designing a site, a funnel, a social media plan, but let's not 
not worry about that. Let's just get some data and get some sales. Let's talk to a lot of human beings, a lot of buyers, a lot of decision makers. Let's see what they want and let's just make some money. Number five, bring your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the most infectious state of being. Number six, tell mediocre stories so much that you wind up telling brilliant stories. This is what it takes. And on the other side of this, it's freedom. It's an empire. The money's already out there. You just have to be willing to go out there and receive it. Number seven, courage, enthusiasm, and vision. There's nothing else to figure out. And number eight, if you have a dream, say, why not? And follow it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I love you. I know that there's a million things going on, especially with holidays and all the things that we have on our plate. And I appreciate that you're here. We have so many good episodes that are coming up. So please follow along on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please leave us a review. It is the best way to support us. It is 100% free to do so. Leave us a review. And I'm going to give away 10 Starbucks coupons to the first 10 people who DM me on Instagram a review, a screenshot of a review that you leave for this podcast. So if you haven't done it yet, or even if you have, find your review, take a screenshot, send it to me on Instagram. And the first 10 of you, I'm going to send you a coupon so you can go get whatever kind of yummy holiday Starbucks drink you want on me. And if you think of somebody who you think would appreciate the podcast, then send them an email or text them a link or post about it on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller and I will repost some of those. Before we go, one last reminder, I'm taking applications right now for next year's mastermind. You can apply at kathyheller.com slash mastermind. This is really an opportunity to set down what has not been working, what's been in your way, and to allow yourself the level of support and coaching and guidance and strategy and the fullness of what really is here for you. It is so amazing how when we change the way we look at things and we start to appreciate what's here and the possibilities and we have the model and we have the guidance, it's incredible how so much changes and we start to take action and we start to see momentum and we start to feel extraordinary and life starts to feel like magic. I love you so much. You can go apply for the mastermind at kathyheller.com slash mastermind. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have an amazing weekend. Turns gold and the fire burns gold and a little white snow starts to fall. The perfect time to believe.